Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. I think we're ready to write. Do you want the scientists or the Nebraska people? I definitely want the Nebraska people. Which means I'm scientists. Ha ha. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we talk to writer Ben Acker about his new Audible original show, Cut and Run. Then we have a mailroom question. Well, several, but we're wrapping it into one, Sarah. About getting a new agent. Will we or won't we? And then we have an identity-protecting Hollywood hack. But first, an update. Okay, so our Happier in Hollywood travel cups, Liz, sold out. Super fast. We're in the process of getting more. So if you think you want one, feel free to email us. But we'll definitely let you know when they're available again. Yes. So if you don't hear from us, it just means they're not yet available. Yes. We love them so much. Yes. And then, Sarah, we are scheduling a meetup soon. Yes. And we will have cups at the meetup. So you'll be able to buy them at the meetup. We're figuring out exactly the date and the place, but it will be in the next six weeks. Yes. If not sooner. <laughs> and then, Sarah, we got the most unexpected and delightful email. Yes. So um, Kate Silver wrote and said, Hi, Liz and Sarah. A friend just excitedly sent me the link to your American Beauty episode. I was so tickled to hear it because I wrote that Mary Kay story. <laughs> you made my year, and it's only mid-January, and you have a new listener. Thanks for the big smile. Oh, so my God. for anyone who needs clarification, we did a bonus episode recently where we did the pitch of our show, American Beauties, which we sold as a script twice to Fox a few yeah. years back. And it was set in a fictional Mary Kay cosmetics type world. And in the pitch, we talk about how I was flying on Southwest, and I was reading the Southwest magazine, and there was an article written by someone who had tried out being a Mary Kay saleswoman, and I was sort of captivated by this article, and it got my imagination going about being one of these um, saleswomen. And we talk about it, and this is the woman, Kate Silver, who wrote that actual piece. Amazing. 
Like, it was so cool. I love that she sent that email. It made us so oh happy. Oh, my God. And it's just like small world. Yeah. I mean, very for goodness sake. And then that she wrote that like many years ago. Yeah. So um, anyway, so Kate, thank you for reaching out. We're so happy to connect. Yes. And if anyone wants to listen to that bonus episode, if you haven't already, it's between episode 128 and 129 in the feed. Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's picking Ben Acker's brain. Ben Acker is the co-writer and co-creator of the first narrative fiction podcast, The Thrilling Adventure Hour. He and his writing partner, Ben Blacker, have written for TV and sold many unproduced pilots. (laughs) And they have a brand new Audible original out in the world called Cut and Run. It's about best friends who are kidney thieves and how their job messes up their social lives. And he also writes a webcomic about superheroes and feelings that you can find at www.kidmidnightcomic.com. We specifically wanted to talk to Ben because, as you know, we've discussed it many Mm -hmm. times, we're starting a fiction podcast company. And Ben has, first of all, he did the first narrative fiction podcast with Ben Blacker, and now he has this Audible original. Yes. We want to know everything there is to know about everything he's done. (laughs) In short. Welcome, Ben. Welcome. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for having me. We are thrilled that you're here. Well, first, let's start with just telling us about Cut and Run. Well, Cut and Run is um, an Audible original, which is just a a long... (laughs) Finite podcast. Okay, let's say. it's a it's a good three hour story about best friends who happen to be kidney thieves and how <laughs> that job messes with their social lives. Which makes sense, right? It would, right? Yes, we've been listening to it, and it's like, yeah, some odd hours, and, uh-huh. and you kind of have to hide a lot. That's exactly it. <laughs> it's very it's, entertaining. Probably keeping a secret, which is not good for relationships. Huh. So you have done. A fiction podcast. You did, like, the first fiction podcast, The first narrative fiction podcast. We like to say the Thrilling Adventure Hour. For 10 years, we did it as a live stage show. For five years, we did it as a podcast. It was in the style of old-time radio, and it was a really fun time, and it taught us how to do, how to write for audio. And what's the difference between that and an Audible original? Is it just sort of that it's all together, or I guess the, the, the podcast was probably more episodic? The podcast was episodic and somewhat serialized, and this is a finite thing. This is, It's a beginning, middle, and an end. Um, we tried to to make it feel different tonally. You know, when, when we got into the nuts and bolts of it, it was like, let's make it a different narrator than we usually have. And it's contemporary feeling, like the references oh, are yes. modern uh, yes. in a way that we didn't touch when we were doing pastiche. Oh, interesting. When is the process of doing an Audible original, is it different, though, than doing a fiction podcast? Oh, for sure. We tended to do our Thrilling Adventure Hour on stage in front of an audience. Uh-huh. And this was more conventional, like, voice recording in a studio with the standard uh, actors behind glass, all-around microphones, as many as we could get at a time, and us, uh, the director, Alex Barreto, and my writing partner, Blacker, and I, sitting there talking through notes and doing retakes and that kind of thing. There were hardly retakes. And so you, how long was the script? Did you, so you obviously wrote the entire script so we wrote before it, you recorded The first time, we wrote it for the first time as okay. a script. <laughs> in 2007, it oh, was wow. a pilot. Oh, right? okay. And it was the pilot that got us all our meetings. <gasps> okay. Right? And then through the years, it sold a handful of times. And a couple of years ago, in 2017, we sold it to a podcast company who wanted to make a handful of episodes. Uh-huh. So they commissioned it. We got a room together. We broke some story. 
we broke the six episodes that they wanted, six half hours. Okay. And then they went a different way in terms of what they were after. They were after true crime instead of fake crime. Got it. So we had these six episodes sitting around. We tried to take it around and ended up a year later, a friend of ours showed it to Audible and they said, let's make this. And they were really supportive from from the jump. And we cast it and put it together and recorded it. Well, this leads me to a question I have, which is Meg Ryan is your narrator, which is okay. At heart, it's a rom com, right? Uh Okay, makes perfect sense. How did you get Meg Ryan? Audible had been talking to her about getting her for some project, and this one just seemed like a no brainer. Amazing! It was great. She's fantastic. She's amazing, and she's Meg Ryan, and she always has been. It was so fun. (laughs) The director and I uh, skyped in and record. She was in Martha's Vineyard, and we listened as she recorded the thing. And her first question was, "Would you like a narrator voice?" Uh, No, no, we we want want you to sound like me. The line is, "I'll be your narrator," but I want you to change it to, "I'll be Meg Ryan, your narrator." Ah, that is amazing. Now, one thing we just want to know selfishly, because sure. as we've mentioned on the podcast, we are also working on narrative fiction podcasts, and we've just we're writing scripts now. Mm-hmm. How is writing for audio different from writing for television? What tips can you give us? Because I, I find it very mm-hmm. like it's a bit of a mind daunting. boggle. Yeah, it, I was thinking about it. And I was thinking that what you get to do in a scene, right, as you're writing a scene, it's about objective and conflict and that kind of thing. And you get to express that through dialogue, ideally, Mm -hmm. right, through text and subtext. So instead of, like, the dynamics of a scene coming out in a way that's like how a character stands, how you're shooting it, how Mm -hmm. you're approaching it, how they're saying what they're saying, it gets to be fattier, than if you're writing for any other medium because mm. the ebbs and flows of the shift in power and the, the, the wanting a thing and stopping a thing from happening get to be conversational in any way you want. Okay. So you can, like, you can go anywhere as long as it's an expression of what the character is after or how they're feeling or what, what they're doing. It's, it's, I don't know, it gets to be disciplinedly undisciplined uh-huh. <laughs> or the other way around? Well, because, yeah, think. page is count that... isn't nearly as important. Right. Yes, yeah. for one. Does that make any sense? Like, I've been mulling it around, but I haven't said it out loud yet. I think so. You're just saying it all. it's all in the dialogue. I mean, yeah. and it can be. And you can do a thing where you, like, build a soundscape and you yes. can do a thing where you can yeah. totally use the narrator to say every inch of anything that would be a stage direction right. or whatever you want. I mean, that's the other thing is... As people like to say about everything, it's the Wild West. Right. Yes. Which is what's so fun about it. Well, do you find that there are things like if we're writing a script for TV where Mm -hmm. there are actors who we're going to see, Mm -hmm. we write a lot of like, she stiffens. Mm -hmm. She (laughs) gives him a look. Like, what are are there things like that in audio that are kind of the go-tos? We, I guess, I guess, having come up in fake radio, Mm -hmm. I never... Right, she stiffens. I never, like in other scripts, it's like, you don't need it. You can, I mean, you probably do. You definitely do. But I don't want it because it interrupts the flow of the fun, fun dialogue. But Uh stuff like, so, at the end of a thing or at the Uh beginning of a thing can can give you everything you want to know. Like Mm. part of it is, as much as I said, you can write whatever, that less is more thing can work too. So like if you end with a guy going, and that's what I think. Mm. So... 
<laughs> you know, you get that added beat of opinion and idea, and it can be any, I mean, any vocalization of a uh-huh. thing, which gives you a chance to, like, collaborate naturalistically with an actor. Yeah. You it's know? kind of the equivalent of a beat. Uh-huh. Yes. Many scripts have a beat. Yeah. We we are fans of a beat. Yes, we are. Um, the, no, the, no, the notes in the edit of the thing were a lot of, like, me learning that I have a qualitative difference in my head about the difference between a beat. I mean, not a beat. I never said a beat. A hair and a breath. Oh. Like a breath is longer than a hair. Of course. Of course. Anyone yes. would know sure. that. Yes. Um, <laughs> sure. Just, just measuring I intuitively hair. get that. Yes. And another question I have is the, the number of people in a scene. Is it problematic to have more than two, max three people in a scene? Oh, our max was six. Okay. Because oh. that's how many mics we had. Okay. Ah. In the in the old days, and we found that like we we're practiced enough at that that it gets to be that for us. But and the audience do, doesn't have trouble kind of distinguishing. This is the thing: is there are a couple of points in this in cut and run where I had to put a breath in because oh. Meg and Darcy have similar vocal qualities sometimes. Ah. So you have to like cast as different of voices as you can to yes. be able to follow what's going on. And put a breath, not a hair, mm-hmm. a depending, breath. Depending. <laughs> you could put two breaths on Oh. <laughs> but there's no measure larger than a breath. It's uh, not metric, darling. <laughs> good to know. We will store that away. And, Ben, we have to ask you this because we are in Hollywood. Sure. The pay for this. Uh-huh. Is it something if someone's starting out that where they could make this their career and they could— I don't know. It's this is also the wild wild west. Right, this yeah. is like this is new, so I don't. Th- this one paid okay, you know. But you're established and you're yeah, you know, we're, top. We're super duper us. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what we keep kind of wondering, um, just in general about audio mm-hmm. narratives. It's like, is it going to be something where that's just what people do, or is it always going to be? You know, aside. Th- I don't know. I think the companies like Audible are aspiring to be like for real in the game. The uh-huh. money was good. They were willing to like get a Meg Ryan. You right. Know? Right. But, yes. Put something Sometimes though, it. people will spend money on actors and they won't spend money on writers and creators. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was not bad. I, you know. Go if you, Audible! If you, if you can have a TV <laughs> yes. job, have a TV job though. <laughs> right. Ben, what is one piece of advice that you'd give to someone perhaps us, who wants to do an Audible original. Huh. I think it's the thing that, it's the piece of advice that you get whenever people give advice about what to write next, which is do the thing you most want to do. Don't try and fit in a box. Do, like, do the story that you're burning to tell, you know, because there aren't that many rules. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, you can do a Western. There's no horse budget. You know? I, that is one a wonderful thing. You can yes. have a yeah. nuclear explosion. Right. You can do the biggest budget yes. thing in the world. But and as with everything though, it's gotta be about characters and yes. relationships, right? Indeed. Yes, it does. Is that it? Is that, <laughs> yes. is that advice? Does that, that count? No, that's fantastic. I mean advice. it basically boils down to just make it good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is, you know, yes. yeah, right. the most basic piece of advice that people often forget. Yes. Right. And you're the you're the first audience for it. Yeah. Yes. Or if you're partners, then I mean it's even better because you yeah. get to surprise each other. Um, so and true. I would tell anyone out there who's thinking about doing this to listen to Cut and Run. Yeah. First of all, it's entertaining. But second of all, I think it's really helpful to listen and get a feel for what this even is because it is so new. Thanks. Yeah. Go ahead. I dare yes. you. Cut and Run. 
Ben, thank you so much thank for being so Thanks much. for having me. I love your podcast. Thank you. We love Cut and Run. <laughs> Next up, we share some thoughts on one of our most common mailroom questions. Are we going to get a new agent? But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it's time for our mailroom segment. Mm -hmm. Now, we've been getting the same question over and over, so we thought we'd answer it or at least discuss it because I don't think there's really an answer at this point. Um, But we did want to um, address the question. Yes. Um, And the question is, are we going to get a new agent? Right. This is a big question. Yes, it is. And for those who don't know, the Writers Guild and the Association of Talent Agents, particularly the big four agencies, WME, CAA, UTA, and ICM, are in a dispute. And we won't go into the whole thing, but basically it boils down to the WGA is no longer allowing agencies to have certain conflicts of interest. And as part of that, we parted ways with our agent, the wonderful Matt Solo, who's at WME, last April. Yes, and many of you might remember Matt um, from the show because we had a segment called Call Your Agent where we would call Matt and ask him about various things in the business, and he was such a great contributor to Happier in Hollywood. But of course, really, really, he's so fun to listen to. Go back and listen to his episodes. Uh, But of course, we have not had that segment um, since this parting of ways because of this dispute. So... You know, look, Matt has been our agent for 15 years, give or take, and we didn't think we'd ever be parting ways with him. Yeah. And we really haven't talked to him since—I mean, we've exchanged, you know, pleasantries. He said congratulations on selling something, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, we truly are not— we are truly agentless yes. at this point. Yes. It was interesting because we were at a meeting with someone, and this situation came up, and the person said, well, you're technically agentless. And we were like, no, we're we're not technically agentless. We are agentless. Yes. Um, you know, there are rumors about people out there working with their agents. We are not. And we don't know anyone personally who is. And we don't think it's cool. Yeah. So that being said, we've now reached almost a year of not having an agent. Um, Our pilots aren't going forward. So we're left in a position of having to figure out what we're doing next. We're lucky because we have many, many contacts and people know to reach out to us and we can reach out to them. But that is not the same as having an agent 
you know, who's sort of hearing what's happening in general. Yes. And many agencies are now signatory with the WGA, like over the course of the last however many months, months, many agencies have signed the code of conduct with the WGA. And so there are agents who we could have out there in the world. Yes. So it's becoming more and more of a choice to not have an agent. Right. And there's just a lot of things to consider. I mean, there's, you know, if we signed with someone new, that would be it. Even if it was resolved, it wouldn't be right to just go back. So if we made a commitment, it would be a permanent commitment. Yeah. And then will WME ever sign? We don't know. That's the hard thing. We don't know. And if they do, will it be a year from now or two years from now? It's it's doesn't seem like they're going to be signing anytime soon. Of course, it's also possible that some agents from big agencies could go off and start a new agency, which Mm -hmm. might be a place we'd want to go. So do we wait and see if that happens? Hint, hint, Matt. Um, (laughs) So it's just a lot to consider. I mean, you know, we had been hoping that this would resolve quickly and Matt, we would resume our relationship with Matt and everything would kind of go back to normal, but with this new agreement in place, but that isn't happening. So we don't have an answer. No, we discuss it kind of nonstop. What we we have this cycle. We don't actually discuss it. We say we should discuss right. it. Right. We go, we go like, oh, we should talk about this. What would that be like? And then we go, well, let's talk about it in two weeks. Yeah. Let's see what's happening in two weeks. Because <laughs> it's really tough. Yeah. This is a very emotional thing. Matt has been a great agent for us. Yeah. And writers all over Los Angeles are grappling with this. The yeah. people who whose agencies haven't signed. It's really, it's very complicated. Yeah. Um, So we don't have an answer to that question, but we understand why everyone's asking. And look, we hope to wake up tomorrow and hear this whole thing is resolved. But if not, we'll just, we'll discuss it, Sarah, in another two weeks. (laughs) And I think we also, we should acknowledge that we are in a very fortunate situation. Yes. That we feel confident that we could get an agent Another agent. Right. There are a lot of people who don't have That's the, a good point. the access and the resume that we yes. have. Yes. Yeah. We're in a lucky position um, on, on many fronts. Yeah. You know, so. It's a fluid situation. Yeah. So TBD. Yeah. So anyway, thanks, everybody, for your concern about our <laughs> career. We do appreciate it. That's where we're at right yes. now. Coming up, we've got a Hollywood hack that means you don't have to use that dreaded shredder so often. But first, this break. I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local Local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. 
You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack. This is something you use that you introduce me to. It's so simple and yet so brilliant. It is. Okay, so it's called the Wide Identity Protection Roller. And I had got one years ago, um, and I've been using it regularly for a long time. You can get it on the Gromit website. Maybe you can get it other places as well. So what the Wide Identity Protection Roller does, it's an ink roller that delivers an encrypted pattern an oil-based ink that penetrates paper, leaving texts like your name and address unreadable on both sides of non-glossy paper. So if you're recycling bank statements or, like, everything you get from Amazon, for example, has your name, your address, if you have prescription things that you pick Mm. up and it has all this private information on it, you just roll this over it. And then there's another one for, um, like, prescription bottles Mm. that you can get that you just kind of roll it around the side of the bottle and it's designed specifically for that. I literally use it every day. And then do you do you roll it on an ink pad and then roll it on the paper or no, is it, it self-inking? It's self-inking. Ah. So I just take it out of the drawer, roll it across the paper, put it back in the drawer and recycle. And it lasts for a long time. I've had mine for ages. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. And you can get refill rollers as oh. well with with um fresh ink. So you can just use the same thing over and over. It's a, I love it. Okay. I'm Good a fan. Not Good an ad. Know. Good to know. Not an ad. Just something useful. <laughs> just a hack. That's right. A Hollywood hack. Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's celebrity sighting. Yes. And Sarah, you'll remember <laughs> last week I saw Harry Hamlin, uh-huh. who I describe as a Beverly Hills house husband because mm-hmm. he's married to a Beverly Hills housewife, Lisa Rinna. And this week, we saw Lisa Rinna yes. at Ryman Canyon, same place we saw Harry Hamlin. Yes, and it was so funny because we're starting up the hill at that, like, really super yeah. steep spot in the hill. And there's this woman just, like, dancing on down, <laughs> yes. like, dancing as she's walking. And she was wearing a, a sweatshirt that said Cindy Crawford across yes. the front. Um, you couldn't help but be like, who's that? Yes. Um, and her hair looked fabulous. It was like Lisa Rinna's signature hairdo. She looked like camera ready, yes, frankly. Yes. <laughs> um, After her hike. Um, but um, I have to tell you, she seemed so happy. Yeah. Like, I love Lisa Rinna. <laughs> it was so fun to see her. Yes. It, it really, like, gave me a lift that morning. Uh-huh. So Thanks, anyway, if Lisa you want Rinna. to see Harry Hamlin or Lisa Rinna, Fryman Canyon is the place to be. <laughs> And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much to our guest, Ben Acker. Listen to Cut and Run on Audible. And you can follow Ben on Twitter at B-N Acker. That's B-N-A-C-K-E-R. Thank you, as always, to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and to everyone at Sankola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sankola Sound. And thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group 
group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Kraft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, here's what I want to know. If I was, like, dancing next to you in Fryman Canyon uh-huh. as we hiked, would you be embarrassed? Or, like, would you tell me to stop or would you not care? I would probably not tell you to stop because I'm conflict-averse, but I would be embarrassed. <laughs> that makes sense. Luckily for you, I would never do that. I can't that. imagine you doing that. I would actually would like you to. That would be amazing. <laughs> From the Onward Project.